Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I want to say what an amazing podcast we have lined up for today, but unfortunately, Dr. Ascot makes an appearance on today's podcast. He hasn't been around for a while. Dr. Ascot, my on-air psychiatrist, psychologist that the the network mandates that I have because they don't think I'm mentally stable, so I have to do these on-air therapy sessions or I get the pink slip. So he drops by. Um, also, uh, I'm going to be uh, talking about the new Ghostbusters movie with the all-female cast in response to uh, one of the Pavement Pounders phone calls. We're going to chat about should it be all girls? Interesting conversation, and then hopefully something nice in the show. I'm going to dig deep and share a uh, very private, intimate poem that I wrote to an ex-girlfriend just to kind of spark the atmosphere of love and talk about love and talk about intimacy and, and uh, you know, share some thoughts on on life and, and the process of falling in love and how beautiful it is and how wonderful it is and blah, blah, blah. So kind of a mixed show today, but isn't it always mixed or mixed up? No matter what, you're a nut. This is the Harland Highway. Where am I? What is this, some kind of a joke or something? Welcome to the Harland Highway. What you talking about, Willie? Son, you got a panty on your head. Shut up and sit down, you big bald fuck. Oh, God, what's happening here? What's happening? Hey, Harland, it's Shelly. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. That is fantastic. What's wrong with everybody in this crazy place? The Harland Highway. What is it? The opening. To what? To another dimension. This is Harland Williams. You're a bad man. You're a very bad man. That is fantastic. Hello there, Harlan. This is Nate calling from Sacramento, California. I just finished listening to your latest podcast about the, the superheroes and you're pissed off about the superheroes and the gender swapping and all that. And I have to say, man, I just I was just walking with a smile on my face listening to that podcast. Like, yes, somebody said it, you know. I just think it's really stupid how they couldn't create more characters, you know. Um, that was the first I'd actually even heard of Thor becoming a woman like why that doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me um but i got i got a question for you now um because at the end of the, the little section you were talking about you know about making male characters female so i'm curious what are your thoughts on the ghostbusters the new ghostbusters movie because there's a lot of controversy about you know all four characters being played by women and i don't think you've touched on it on the show and you know you're a comedian and I know you, you know, I'm sure Ghostbusters is one of your favorite movies as it is mine, so I'm just curious what your thoughts on that. Anyway, I uh, thought it might be something to talk about on the podcast. You have a great day, man, and chicken chow mein, baby. Yeah, Nate, great. That is a great topic. I was uh, ranting and raving about how they're uh, emasculating Hollywood and turning all the male heroes, movie heroes, into female heroes and they're making women characters the ones that come in and save the day now. They they walk past all the men and kick ass and, you know, 
which I, I've said I don't mind women heroes, but I just feel like they're overdoing it now. They're oversaturating it. And that led to your question about the Ghostbusters. And, you know, I have no problem with the Ghostbusters being women. But here's the problem I do have. I feel like that might have been the whole angle that the reboot of the franchise was based on. I just, you know, the way they marketed it and the, and the, and the way, you know, the 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 uh the atmosphere is right now with exactly what I just said bringing back uh, or uh, having women be be the dominant uh the dominant uh, cast members in these movies. I I don't feel like the Ghostbusters franchise came back from an organic place where it was like Man, that movie was so cool back in the 80s. You know, let's let's bring it back. Let's you know, people just loved the Ghostbusters. Let let's 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 redo that movie and make it greater and better and and just revisit it and bring it to a whole new generation of people. I get, I get the funny feeling and I could be wrong that somebody somewhere just went you know, we should bring Ghostbusters back, but we got to do it with women. You know, it's it's time for women to be the Ghostbusters. You know, it's, t- it's time to show that women can be powerful and funny and and deal with the undead. Because the men had their turn. Like, I don't know, there's just something about it, the way they marketed it, the way that they... You know, why didn't they split it up? Why Why, why not put, like... You know, two men and two women, or I don't know. It just it just felt too pretentious to me in a way. I, I got to be honest, I haven't seen the movie, and I, I I don't know that I have any desire to see it. I did like the movie in the in the eighties, and I don't necessarily think it needed to be redone. There's some movies I think you just leave them the hell alone because they can't be. You know, they can be redone, but why? You know. And I almost felt like there was a bunch of people in a boardroom or dealing with the times we live in going, you know, we, we got to put more women out there. We got to, you know, fine, make a, a movie about four women. But it, it almost felt like they're almost stuffing the women into the Ghostbusters to prove a point or to or, you know, how animals mark their territory. You know, they scratch on tree stumps or they urinate on logs or they, you know. They do things to. I almost felt like someone somewhere was like, you know, we got that was a successful franchise with men, but we've got to show that women can do it just as well. We got to show women are Ghostbusters too, because we can't just have men, you know, dealing with the netherworld. That's sexist if, if there's no women sucking ghosts into the ether. You know what I mean? They, there's something about it smacked of like political correctness, and I don't know. It just it it didn't feel like totally organic and fun. And yes, the 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 actresses that they got to play are all funny girls. They're all talented girls. And I, I don't have any proof. I don't have any data. It's just it it's it's like kind of a weird film that got on me that resonated with me that. And I hope that doesn't sound bad, but I'm just being honest. It just it just felt like a marketing ploy, and a and a and another move to like push women 
into iconic places that that were that are you know being held by men or have been created by men or were you know started with men and I don't know it's like if you if you create some beloved characters like like the four guys that were the original ghostbusters you know Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and unfortunately I forget the the fourth guy Let's face it, he wasn't very famous. Like, nobody knew who the hell he was. And even in the movie, he was kind of like, yeah, there's the fourth guy over there. But it's like they were so good and they did such a good job. And it's like, I don't know. Why revisit that? Like, I would have rather seen, in all honesty, because I really do think those women are talented and, and comedy forces in their own right. Just... Just as equal as, as Dan Aykroyd and, and Bill Murray and all the other ones. In their own right, they are just as powerful. But give them their own vehicle. You know what? Why stuff them all in something that's that's going to be compared and challenged and competitive with the original movie that, that didn't really need to be done? Why not create, you know, four funny women and, you know, maybe they're, uh, you know... They're window washers. They're they're a bunch of nutty window washers, or they're bank robbers, or they're, you know, if you want to go supernatural, they're zombie hunters, or you know. I, I just think they could have been better served in original material, which in the end I think complements them better, because it lets them start with new material, start at a new starting line, and they in turn can can create their own iconic characters for future generations and current generations to enjoy. But instead, I felt like this was all part of that play where, you know, let's push women on everyone. And uh, I'm all for pushing women on us, but, but you push push women, let them be original. Let them, let them create their own voice. Let them be funny on their own. So it's something just felt off to me, and uh, and I guess I'll leave it right there. It didn't feel sincere. It felt felt like there were some backroom, boardroom, politically politically correct motives attached to the movie. And again, no proof, but that's just the vibe I got. I mean, if I can put the foot on the other shoe for a minute, or is it the shoe on the other foot? I don't know. Something to do with feet and shoes. How about this? Do you remember the movie Thelma and Louise with uh, Susan Sarandon and uh, Gina Davis? Remember it was a coming-of-age movie where these two crazy housewives took off across the country on a road trip and got into all kinds of trouble and, and all this stuff, right? I mean, it was a classic movie with with two uh, strong women characters, and we all loved it. So do we want to redo Thelma and Louise with two dudes? Do we want two cast members from Saturday Night Live? You know, uh, do do we want, uh, you know, instead of Thelma and Louise, like Larry and Wally or uh, Mark and Eddie? That's what I mean. Like that that was like a classic movie. There was no there's no real reason to redo it with men. And it feels like to, you're you're almost doing it to just prove a point. Oh, men can do it. Men can men can And maybe they could. I don't know, but why? Like just that that's my point about the female ghostbusters. Boom.
So there you go. That's my assessment of the new female Ghostbusters. Again, kudos to all those funny women. But would have in, in closing, would have rather had seen all of them in a movie, the four of them together in an original screenplay where they just could have been hilarious. There you go. There's my answer. Thank you for uh, calling in. Uh, if you want to call in to ask me a question or a query or whatever, 323-739-4330, 323-739-4330. Love hearing from you guys. And uh, keep those calls coming, baby. Will you shut that thing off? Oh, it's lovely. It's just lovely. Harlan, it's J-Dog. Hey, man, I've been listening to all these other podcasts. I start checking yours out. You fucking rock, man. Good job, dude. I like your podcast a lot, man. I've been a fan of yours since Rocky, man. Anyway, keep up the good work, dude. Later. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for the compliment, dude. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I try to keep the podcast fun and crazy and kooky and interesting for y'all. Um, and I like to, in, in keeping with that, I'd like to try something. Every now and then I do this. Um, you know, I dip into poems that I've written and an ex-girlfriend of mine um, sent me a poem that I'd written for her many years ago and you know how relationships get they're good they're bad they can turn volatile the emotions run deep the passions run deep and you know, this was a girlfriend that I over time, you know, broke up with or she broke up with me or we, we both kind of amicably broke apart, whatever. And, you know, over the course of the relationship, as you all know, you, you build, you build moments, you build memories, you build, you build, you know, a time in your life together. And, and sometimes, you know, when things aren't going well and the frustration mounts or the passions mount, you know, it, it just, it becomes this, this volcano of emotion that comes out of you. And sometimes in order to cope or sometimes in order to express to a significant other that I may be involved with, I like to write things down sometimes in, in a poem and that sometimes speaks better than, you know, me verbalizing or getting into a fight or a discussion or a debate or anything like that. So recently, um, one of my exes sent me a poem that I written. I had written her at the kind of the height of our relationship at a point where, you know, there were some great, great moments. We stayed together for many years and, uh, and there were amazing moments. I still talk to her, uh, you know, because there was a lot there that was good. But, you know, there was also stuff that, that didn't work, that didn't mesh. And that's eventually why we broke up. And so she sent me this poem that I had written her probably when things were at a crescendo, when the emotions were running high, when we were confused and scared and vulnerable and wondering which way to go. You, you've been there. Or do I end it? Do I keep it going? Will I ever find someone else? Oh, and, and so I guess all this stuff came gushing out of me at one point. This, this is, like I said, this is a few years old, but she had always hung on to this poem and said it had great meaning and, and 
she said it really seemed to sum up where we were at at the time. And, uh, and so I was happy that I had written it because it, it still to this day resonates with her and means so much. And when she, when she sent it to me, it reminded me of where we were at and how dramatic things can get. And I asked her, I said, are you, are you cool if I could share this with my listeners? Because I felt like it was kind of a, a, a I don't know, it felt like there was some strong stuff there that, that uh, you know, that might be interesting and might reflect into some of you and your relationships. And so with her blessing, uh, she said I could share this very intimate poem. And uh, as you know, I don't often share this kind of stuff, but I, I thought it was, in, it was worth sharing because it, like I said, it... It might, it might resonate with some of you out there that might be going through some hard times or might be in that place in a relationship where the tensions and the passions are mounting. So without further ado, here it is, uh, a little slice of my life and a little piece of one of my relationships and uh, a poem that I wrote. I won't mention the girl, but a uh, wonderful girl. Still have love in my heart for this girl, and here's what I wrote to her. You know what? Before I do this, Roger, give me some nice background, like some romantic kind of nice Spanish guitar music for this. Look, can you, can you give me some? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, right there. All right, here we go. Now the table's set. Let me read this love poem. Which is titled, by the way, The Fiery Poem. Like a dog rolled on its back, you leave your heart exposed. Take a pounding on your chest till the blood runs out your nose. And love can make you fight Love can make you lose. Love can take a bite. Love can make you choose. But when the tide rolls back and the storm has gone away, you emerge from the black and it's your eyes that make me stay. Emotions stalk the shadows like a killer in the alley. You become my drink of water as I crawl across the valley. You murder me with your words, but resurrect me with a smile. You crush me with your cruelty, but only for a while. Hiding in the glove box, you cannot find a clue to why the world spins, spins me into you. I hold you like hot chocolate on the cold, frosty nights. And with that quiet warmth, it erases all the fight. So don't you dare look at me or in me with those eyes. They know too much, so round and blue, thinly disguised spies. The challenge lights the fire and the fire likes to dance. Desire is our sire, and destiny 
our chance. So there it is. I don't know if that resonates with you, any of those words, if any kind of feeling came over you hearing the poem. Maybe you can relate, maybe you can't. But I always say this, even though sometimes love becomes toxic or becomes combative, and love comes and love goes, I always consider the fact that I had the privilege of even being in love as monumental. I've met people in life that have said, what does love feel like? They've said, I've never been in love. And I guess it was love that made me dig down and find these words that meant so much to her and now when I read them back means something to me. So even though it doesn't always end the way you want it to, remember life is short just to be in love is probably one of life's finest offerings. So in the end, I thank the beautiful, wonderful girl that inspired this poem. And I'll let it speak for itself. And I'll leave it right there. I'll leave it right there. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What the hell? What the hell? Hello, Arland. Oh, God. What are you doing here, Ascot? Arland. Don't start saying my name. What? Roger, did you let him in? Arland. What, what are you doing here? Arland, I heard the poem you just read, Arland. Oh, God, and? Well, as your therapist, Arland, it's obvious to me, Dr. Ascot, that you have some deep, unresolved issues, Arland. Oh, no. Ascot, you know, I, I just did a beautiful poem. I don't really want you getting your grimy hands all over it. Arland. Stop saying my name! Arland. Stop it! Arland. What are you doing? And why are you wearing a butterscotch-colored sweater and lemon-yellow loafers? Arland, let's not deflect the attention from you onto me, Arland. Well, I, I find it distracting that you're here, and I find it extra distracting that you would dress like this. And is that gel in your hair? Arland, let's focus on the deep emotional feelings you have. I don't want to! Arland, you will get a pink slip if you don't do your on-air therapy with me, your psychiatrist, Dr. Ascot. God! I don't want you invading my space! Arland, you just shared your beautiful poem with everybody. Well, had I known you were listening, I probably wouldn't have. You just make things creepy. Arland. Stop saying my name, Dr. Ascot! Arland. 
Stop it! What do you want to say? Alan, your poem obviously touched on some deep, deep psychological themes. It's quite evident, Alan, that you went through a turbulent relationship, but you're still holding on to some of those deep, deep feelings of love, Alan. No, I'm not, Dr. Ascot. Thank you very much. I told you this is from an ex-girlfriend I wrote this poem, and it was from, like, probably six years ago now, maybe more. Holland, it doesn't matter. Have you ever left cheese or a head of lettuce in your fridge? Yes, what's that got to do with anything? And you know how mold grows on the cheese, Holland, and fungus? Okay. And it starts to smell rancid like dirty garbage from a garbage dump. Okay. Well, that's what you smell like, Holland, in your heart. What? Your heart smells like a dirty, vile garbage dump. And your arteries are full of mold and fungus, Holland. Would you knock it off? Good Lord. Holland, what you need to do is get the emotions out of your system, Holland. Well, I told you I'm not hanging on to anything. Well, that poem says different, Holland, and I think it's time that you purged your love for what was her name? I'm not saying her name out of respect for her. And out of, for my own privacy reasons, I don't want to say your name. Was it Karen Holland? No, it wasn't Karen. Alice? No, it's not Alice. Cynthia? No, it's not Cynthia. Well, then let me name her for you, Holland. What do you mean? Let's just call her Clunk. What? Clunk, Holland. What do you mean, clunk? That's what I will call her since you don't want to give her a name. You're not calling my ex-girlfriend clunk, Dr. Ascot. Arlen, don't yell at me with your fungus-covered heart and your garbage-dump lettuce mouth. I don't have a fungus heart or a, a garbage-dump lettuce mouth. Arlen. Stop saying my name! Holland, I need you to purge these emotions that you still hold on to, to clunk. Her name's not clunk! Holland. And stop saying my name! Clunk. Stop it! Holland. Stop it! Clunk. Stop saying... Holland. Stop it! Clunk. Stop saying clunk! Holland. Stop saying Harland! Clunk. Stop... Get out of here! I'm not finished, Holland. I think you have to purge Clunk's memory from your heart. <sighs> you're not going to leave until you're finished with this, are you, Ascot? Exactly, Holland. That's what I'm hired to do, Holland. Can't believe you get paid in your butterscotch shirt and your lemon yellow loafers and your gooey hair. Holland, let's focus on you. And Clunk. Her name's not Clunk! I want you to pretend to vomit, Holland, so that you can 
puke up all the memories you're holding on to of clunk. I want you to spew all your dirty emotions on the floor and try and forget. Well, that sounds real romantic, Ascot. Vomit, Holland. I'm not going to vomit my memories. All these memories are holding you back, Holland. It's best if you purge them or puke them up. Maybe I don't want to get rid of my memories. They will just foul up your life, Holland, and slow you down. Like a stain on your soul. I don't have a stain on my soul. Have you ever woke up in the morning, Holland, and there's stains on your sheets? What do you mean? I'm not going to answer that. I think you know what I'm talking about, Holland. Pus. Blood. Other things. I'm not going to talk to you, of all people, about stains on my sheet. Well, clunk is a stain on your heart, Holland. Her name's not Clunk! I'm afraid Clunk is a shot on your heart, Holland. What did you just say? Clunk is a shot on your heart. A shot on my heart! Think of a stain on your sheet, Holland. Have you ever shotted in your bed? Oh my god, are you kidding me? You're equating... My wonderful romance that I had to a shart stain on my bed sheet? Shart on your heart, Holland. Clunk has... She's not named Clunk. Nobody sharted on a heart. Get the hell out of here, you freak. You totally ruined a beautiful poem. <laughs> what the hell was that? That was the sound of your heart doing a shart, Holland. Get out it, Roger, I want him out of here. Get out, get out, get out. Clunk. Get out! Do you want me to go out that door, Holland? Yes, Ascot, I want you to go out that door. And when I close the door behind me... Yes? What happens, Holland? Yes? If it goes, clunk. Get out of here! Idiot, what happens if it goes... Her name's not Clunk. Shot on your heart, Holland. Nobody shot... Out! Out, out, out! Clunk. Get out! <laughs> Jesus, God, Mother, and Mary. And the other kid she didn't even have. Talk about a buzzkill. Wow. Just ruined, you know, I put a lot of effort into that poem. It, it, it holds very sentimental and loving memories for me. And this idiot Dr. Ascot comes in and, for lack of, to borrow one of his terms, sharded all over my poem. What a dillweed, man. Unbelievable. I can't believe that stupid idiot. God. Makes me want to shoot myself. And clunk to the floor, Holland. Stop! Get out! God! I'm not clunking to the floor. I'm going to end the show right now. I'm too upset. I'm too damn upset.
Roger, I can't believe you let Dr. Ascot in here. Right after I poured my heart out for my listeners for the pavement pounders. You probably ruined it for them too by letting Ascot in here. Clunk. Get out! Holland, you should hear what it sounds like when I walk down the marble hallway in my hard dress shoes. It sounds something like this. Clunk, 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 clunk. Get out of here! That's it. Show's over. Show is over. Roger, don't let him in once more. Clunk. Who would name their beautiful child Clunk? What a dork, man. (laughs) What a dumb dork. Uh, I'm going to end it right here. All right. If you want to call me and leave a message, uh, a phone message, 323-739-4330. 323-739-4330 is the message machine. It takes a few rings to pick up, so get in there and leave a message. It's just a generic message, and uh, and I might play your message on the show. Uh, also, you can write me at harlowilliams.com. We have a contact uh, link on, on the website. We also have the phone number there, too, if you can't remember, uh, 323-739-4330. Or if you want to make it all so much easier, just get our free app. Go to your cell phone, go to your app store, and type in the Harland Highway, and you have direct contact via email. You have the phone number on the app. You have uh, the most current 50 episodes of the show. And if you want, you can join up to our premium membership and get all eight, almost 800 episodes of the show, plus all the bonus premium content that I put out there. Lots of live stand-up comedy. Uh, my other podcast called Let's Have a Fight. Special interviews and stories. Oh, it's just, it's a deal. 20 bucks for the whole year. Okay, to get your premium membership for the Harland Highway. Uh, Everyone's loving it. And uh, I thank all of you who have uh, become premium members. I love creating that content for you guys. I almost feel bad doing it because everyone listening now, you're missing out on it. And I feel a little bit bad, but, you know, I got to treat the premium members with with some great bonus material. So there you go. Um, What else can I tell you? Um, while you're at the site, check out our store at harlowilliams.com. We have some great fun merchandise you can order, digital downloads, t-shirts, books, CDs, DVDs, all kinds of great stuff, artwork, music. We just got all kinds of stuff in that old, uh, you know, online store at harlowilliams.com. I'll tell you that much. Um, and what else? That's it. Uh, I want to say thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed the show. And, uh, until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. Clunk, 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 clunk.